listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White. Joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I am out of practice, Jeff. That's what I. That's how I'm doing. I feel <laughs> like it's been a while. Um, but maybe people listening to this don't know is we sometimes record sessions in batches a bit. And then there's some times when we're kind of busy doing other things. And mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of fun to be back at it. So, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I enjoy these times for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with any luck at all, our, our listeners should also know that Jeff has uh, construction going on near his home <laughs> and has taken the uh, extreme measure of sh- stuffing um, pillows into all the windows surrounding the side that has construction. So uh, I, too, uh, await uh, with keen anticipation as to whether or not we can get through this without construction uh, debris coming through the window yeah that's uh, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't or or the noise uh, associated therein for sure exactly so i think they're getting a heat pump installed i don't know ah we could do a plug for our heat pump client now yeah this <laughs> this segment is brought to you by daikin <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't but, think we've ever done that, but no. Uh, but we know. we could if look it'd be as good as time as any to sell out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hundred and thirty odd episodes in, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's get on with it. Today's yeah. guest has me excited. Yeah, no, and <laughs> we often you know reconnect about uh, what we're going to talk about ahead of the show. You know, ahead of this one, we actually spent fifteen minutes just going over all the people we knew in common uh, <laughs> and the marketing that really interested us and the stories that were told there. Um, and I think that's that's what's going to be really interesting about today. Well, with any luck at all. So joining us today is David Gerson. Gerson is the Director of Marketing at TK Elevator. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Gerson. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, and uh, Gerson, I guess as we kind of dive into this, um, uh, I guess a bit of a spoiler alert for our folks, we're probably not going to talk a lot about TK Elevator today. Uh, I think you're re- reasonably new to TK. Uh, is that correct? I am. I'm right at about my three months spot right now yeah we're in the honeymoon phase for sure <laughs> that's right uh, i could still claim i don't know anything it's wonderful <laughs> exactly nor the washrooms are that's about it yeah so uh but i think uh, uh so what, i guess what really uh interested me when we first talked is is you really do have a uh an interesting uh, and i think somewhat unique sensibility around the power of story and marketing and uh, my god uh, Storytelling and marketing—it's—it can be a com- incredibly um, uh, overused term. Uh, it can feel like some something that a lot of people talk about, and nobody really has any meat to the bone. Um, uh, that's what I really liked about uh, just chatting with you about the power of storytelling and marketing, because I—I I, I think it comes from a really interesting place. Um, I guess maybe uh, introduce our listeners a bit. Uh, to you and and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your current role, but how you got there. Yeah, happy to. Uh, I've always been attracted to story. Uh, maybe I can give credit to my mother for getting me involved in theater at a, a very young age. Uh, but connecting with an audience, uh, transferring and emoting uh, energy, uh, making people feel something, has something I've been doing intuitively for my entire life, even working at a, 
at an animal shelter for five years in high school and college and convincing people to adopt an adult dog as opposed to a puppy and appealing to the sensibilities and really making that connection. That's, that's what I'm passionate about. When someone asks me what I do, I tell them I'm a commercial storyteller. And I've had the real joy and luxury of being able to tell some phenomenal stories. Uh, for about 15 years of my career, I worked for a company that many people have heard of that have no business hearing of, a, a commercial uh, flooring provider called Interface. Uh, it does business all around the world, but most people don't purchase commercial flooring unless you're an architect or an interior designer and you've specified into uh you know, flooring before. Uh, but this was a company that had a, a phenomenal story. Uh, the founder and chairman for many years of the company actually receives what he describes of a spear in the chest uh, moment where 20 years into the, the founding of his company, uh, that was a take, make, waste, classic industrial um, manufacturing operation, uh, saw the light and awoke to the damage his company was doing to the environment and made a decision to march that company towards sustainability and not just conjecture or some, you know, hey, we're going to do something sustainable. Let's plant some trees. He was an engineer and he worked with his team and convinced his company, by the way, which was a publicly traded corporation, uh, to map out a road to sustainability in terms of you know the energy they use, the materials they use, moving everything to bio-based or recycled content, completely changing material flows, transportation systems, emissions. And now, you know, 20 years after he made that um, kind of statement or put that stake in the ground, that company is actually on the verge of becoming carbon negative uh, for the entire business, <laughs> literally uh, taking more carbon out of the atmosphere than they actually admit. And so this is you know, really radical, but I had the pleasure and the joy of telling that story and helping to not only you know, take this thing that's really wonderful from a sustainability perspective, but weave it into how it affected how we design product how we thought about product, how we created high performance products. Uh, Cause it's a lot of people don't want to pay more for sustainability and they don't want to make any compromises, especially in commercial space. Uh, they want it to be beautiful. They want it to last a long time. And by the way, you know, the competitor is selling it for five cents less. So, you know, I don't want to pay five cents more. So it's, it was really telling a comprehensive story from the heart that moved people. And that kind of shaped me as a marketer um, and it's it's kind of guides the types of opportunities I seek out uh, even today. Uh, and so you know now I'm I'm 20 years into my career. I've done everything from product development, you know, running you know quality engineering, uh, sales training, you name it. But my passion continues to be around telling wonderful stories, uh, discovering those stories, uh, finding those kind of like those moments of truth and those things that maybe others haven't seen or haven't seen with fresh eyes and bringing them to light and telling them a compelling way. I think it's an interesting, uh, you know, given the fact that you're uh, new in your role with TK Elevator, it's like, I just imagine that your job description uh, in your mind at this point is simply discovering the stories that need to be told. Um, and the people in the organization who can help you tell them. Hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, TK Elevator is it's a $8 billion global company. It's uh, $3.5 billion just in 
in North America. And again, most people have never heard of it. Now, for a couple of reasons. Number one, they just went through a rebrand. It was just purchased by a major private equity group, the largest private equity group in Europe in a decade, a uh, private equity deal in a decade. So it's a massive um, acquisition. They're going through a rebrand. So it went from Thyssen and Krupp Elevator to TK. So many people don't know TK, but still it's a commercial brand that really focused on you know quality engineering and service, having great relationships with their customers. And as a brand, you know, it really, you know, does not have the name recognition that you would normally associate with a company of that size. Uh, and that's that's kind of something that's exciting for me. Uh, working for Interface, you know, that was a company that had, you know, 75% unaided brand awareness within its core uh, market to their to their core, core customers, and now you know TK Elevator. It's it's starting brand new. It's a brand that some people you know may not know. They might not necessarily understand you know what makes it special and what makes it different. And it has tons of phenomenal stories. All of this great technology that people may not know or associate it with that brand. So it's fun to come in you know with fresh eyes and rediscover it again and get excited about like finding something that they didn't even know was exciting. I mean, they, they do it because they do it. And I come in and I get to hear it from one of like the engineers or a data science in some office, you know, someplace and be like, oh my gosh, like, how are we not telling everyone about that? That's so cool. Uh, so it's fun to come in, discover, and then tell those stories again. I'm curious because I mean, interface is a, a very unique situation with a very powerful, charismatic founder. Um, that's not to say anything of the TK leadership. I'm sure they're wonderful, but <laughs> uh, uh, but it's a different dynamic. Um, uh, and uh, and and the stories that emerge are, of course, different. I wonder, as a marketer, do you see your? I guess how much do you see your job as shaping those stories versus simply shining a light on what's already there? Does that, does that make sense? Like, how much manipulation do you feel there is in your role as a marketer? It's a great question. I mean, again, you don't become an $8 billion company if you're not doing some things right. <laughs> so I can mm. just say, yes, it has a wonderful history of, of you know, phenomenal you know, product development and an unbelievably uh, committed and capable and intelligent uh, service customer service, engineering, you know, technical organization that I feel really has kind of been, you know, the pillars that this company has been uh, founded upon. But in this day and age where 70% of the B2B buyer journey is happening on the website, online, getting their information from some digital source before they are even contacting a salesperson, so much more of the burden of telling those stories and making sure people are aware of it falls to marketing. And so for me coming into the organization, it's looking at all of these great assets they have, this wonderful history they have, but packaging in a way that it can be easily consumed. You know, it's the, the website, the, the thought leadership, uh, the blogs, you know, the social media, all of that content that it's presented in a way that's easily consumable, that it's ever present depending on how uh, that potential customer is going to be searching for content online. 
you know, that's that's what you know, kind of my role is is make it comprehensive, um, but also make it very very easy to consume. I don't know if it's necessarily <laughs> you use the word manipulate. I know you meant it in, in in the nice way, you know, where you're like kind of pushing things together. Um, but I do think you know, as marketers, you know, part of our job is to, you know, tell a story that's going to connect with someone emotionally, that's going to make them feel something. Why should I care about this? <laughs> Why does this matter to me? How does it matter to me? How is it going to make my life better? You know, why do I even need that? I mean, I think that's something that, you know, isn't done a lot in the B2B space or could be done a lot more. I think sometimes people feel like if we just tell them what we have, you know, they'll want it. I'm like, no, you have to explain why does this matter in the world today? Why does it matter to that person personally? Why does it matter to them? And then you can start talking about the solutions you have that would make sense um, to them. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. Your um, uh, characterization of TK in terms of their scale and size and technical competence. Now, I can't help but think, you know, there's there's a lot of them out there. An awful lot of multi-billion dollar um global manufacturers that have built an amazing business on the foundation of incredible technical competence. And there's this whole other thing out there that they haven't touched yet. <laughs> you know, they've gotten to that scale and there's this whole other source of competitive advantage that somebody like Interface actually helps show the way to, you know? Yeah, it, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I'm coming into a, a scenario with a group of people that are outrageously talented. I mean, throughout throughout the entire business, you know, whether it's in finance or engineering, they have a great company culture. Phenomenal, phenomenal, um, and they have great stories and some really cool um, assets. Uh, I, I honestly, it's a it's a phenomenal opportunity uh, for a marketer to come in and try and help shape that and take these stories and you know apply them to different mediums. Uh, apply them in some you know different ways that just make it compelling in a in a digital you know framework in a digital uh, sense. What are what are some of the? I mean, obviously you're just getting started there, and you're beginning to you know learn about learn about the the company and and the culture and, and begin to formulate how you're going to tell those stories. What can you give us an example? how you help shape that at Interface or any of your other uh, previous jobs and uh, and just give us a sense of how you kind of brought that to life in a way that, um, you know, because as you mentioned, you had a very charismatic founder and, uh, and you know, he certainly helped drive a lot of that. How much of that were you kind of helping to bring to life and shape the strategy of how the stories were going to go out there? It's a great question, and I, and I can it, it, just just kind of shape with with Ray at Interface again. You know, he didn't 
create the marketing <laughs> per se. You know, he didn't, you know, launch the products. You know, he was a, a charismatic founder and leader in the early days of the company, certainly was involved at a little lower in the organization, but in the later stages of his life in the, you know, the 2006 to 2012 when he, when he passed away and he was really more of a, of a figurehead and a leader of the business emotionally um, as it related to the products and the product development and the compelling campaigns that you know whether it was at interface whether it was at inscape another company i worked at in between interface and tk elevator it really starts with the customer uh, i began my career uh, coming out of college. Uh, I was an anthropology major in college, which is the study of culture, you know, really understanding, you know, how cultures evolve and work and structure. Uh, but then I, coming out of college, hard to get a degree as an anthropologist. And I started my car career in cold call sales. I was actually a, a, a headhunter, an uh, executive search consultant. And so I've been on the front lines uh, trying to, um, you know, smile and dial, tell stories, connect with people. Um, so I'm very sensitive to uh, the role of the salesperson who's trying to sell to a customer, but also uh, the customer and what it takes to to tell a story um, and and make a connection and actually get a sale. Uh, for me, the, all good marketing really begins with the customer, uh, understanding who they are. You know, doing the work. You know, the quantitative you know, research and analysis, the qualitative, you know, research and analysis, the getting on the front lines with the salesperson or, uh, you know, being set up by the salesperson with a customer to hear in their own words, you know, what drives them on a daily basis? What do they struggle with? Uh, what, you know, is the most important things in their world, not necessarily about your product, but about them their reality, their world, their challenges. How do they like to consume uh, information? How do they like to um, you know, have information presented to them? And that's really where it begins. And, and it doesn't matter if you're selling you know, flooring, you know, if you're selling furniture, if you're selling architectural walls, or you're selling elevators and escalators and moving walkways that I am, that I, that I am right now. It always begins with the human that you're trying to connect with. What is their reality? What is their pain? What is most important to them? That's number one. Number two, look inside your organization and find out what makes them special. What makes them unique? What are they passionate about? What do they believe? You know, where do they stand in relation to the competition? You know. There are going to be some areas where you're better than the competition, some areas where you're not going to be as good as the competition. That's okay. The goal is not to do business with everyone. The goal is to do business with people who believe what you believe. There are plenty of them out there. Sometimes you have to convince people to believe what you believe. I get that. But generally speaking, there is a large market out there uh, to connect with. So if you can, you know, really map out and have a good firm understanding of your internal customer, your external customer, um, you know, that is a, a great place to start. Then you start working into a, the organization you work for, understand what makes them special. Again, we talked about looking for those unique stories, uh, looking for those uh, little moments of truth, uh, those insights, those things that just 
gosh, with a fresh set of eyes, man, that's really cool. Let's, let's talk about that. Um, and then you start putting those things together and that's where you get really compelling, you know, content. I mean, content when you're developing, it has to be focused on uh, that customer. Uh, it has to speak to them in the language that they speak. You have to be leading them to solutions that are unique to your organization, that differentiate your product, that are that unique value proposition. And that's how you get the opportunity to participate, you know, in a, in a bid process to potentially lock down business. Um, but that's how the flow works. Again, you will fail if all you do is show up and throw up and you throw up all the stuff that you think is cool and all the stuff that you've done and you talk about in your language, you will fail. Start with the customer, start with why, and then you'll have the opportunity to participate and potentially win the business. I really a couple of points I wanted to kind of drive in, uh, into here, but I, I, the, this notion of um, almost the internal, as you dive into the company more and understand the stories that are there to be told, and you, in some ways, you uncover um, what the company believes, <laughs> and then in some way you get it comfortable with saying what it believes externally, and then as it is comfortable talking about what it believes externally, it finds that there's some other people out there that believe it too. Um, I think that's what you said anyway, kind of. And an interface, as I think of it, it's like, I, you know, man, like, okay, so did 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 you all just happen to find people that also cared about the planet? Because it seemed like some of it was more missionary work, right? It seemed like you were having to make people care or understand why it was important. It's interesting. And, and I will tell you, for, for every company these days, we're all struggling everyone struggles with telling the sustainability story. Uh, you know, what was corporate social responsibility, you know, but, but back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, when Interface really kind of led this charge with, you know, people like, you know, a Patagonia or a Whole Foods or a seventh generation um, or some of these other companies that really were kind of, you know, at the front of the... <laughs> You know, the parade when there was no one walking behind them, um, you know, they were really, 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 really far out in front. And, you know, I think, you know, in in every market, you're going to have 10% of people who are, who are out there who are really very, very progressive. And they are the people who are willing to uh, to try something first. But I will tell you, the majority of, of the market um, are always happy to be second to be first they don't want to be you know on the the leading edge they're not necessarily comfortable with purchasing a product that may have uh, recycled content in it because maybe they're worried it's not going to perform as well they're not going to spend a penny more for something that might be you know high recycled content or a much more sustainable product so the the challenge and, and i think this is really important for you know every organization <laughs> is not necessarily you know speaking only to those people that are on that that cutting edge but speaking to that people that are in that kind of that middle you know 80% and that's something that interface really struggled with you know we had a, a founder and and leader who was you know so far out there i mean not talking about <laughs> reducing you know energy usage you know a little bit of you know wind power i mean 
eliminated the company's carbon footprint. And that had some very serious impacts on the business and the products we made. We eliminated like entire, you know, product manufacturing lines because it did not conform with our our vision for sustainability it cost us business and i would tell you something that interface has struggled with for years is that other competitors you know didn't go as far as fast and they developed really pretty marketing programs that were really simple very easy for customers to understand and they were rewarded by the marketplace because they met them where they were um, i think that's something that everyone has to you know, appreciate and understand. Um, you can't, you can't always be, you know, so focused into your own world and what you want to do. Uh, you have to really understand where the market is, try and meet them where they are and bring them, you know, little by little to where you want to go. That, that is absolutely fascinating. I mean, it, it uh, you know, this idea, you know, that it's actually in some cases better or easier to be second or third in the marketplace than it is to try and be the absolute leader of you know of not just creating you know a sales and marketing engine that works but uh you know to to be the the, the first person that stands up and and dances at the you know at the concert when no one else is doing it you know you you, you need to be a little bit crazy and, and a little bit, you know, expect that people will follow and that that's going to have a benefit to you, but you don't know, you know, and I, I think that's where, you know, your points about uh, <clears throat> really understanding that internal and external customer uh, allows you to perhaps not make some, some mistakes that could cost you, you know, because some companies wouldn't be able to sustain what, uh, you know, the kinds of losses that uh, that that purebred um, environmental focus probably brought with it. Yeah. I am. Well, you know, Apple did not invent the mobile phone, <laughs> but we don't talk much about BlackBerry or, or Nokia anymore. But let me tell you, they get the customer. Um, they understand who we are and what we like and how we want to interact, you know, with the device. Uh, and there are many, many, many examples out there. Uh, that that has happened, you know, sometimes, you know, being, I mean, yes, it's wonderful being, you know, first to the party. And sometimes there is some, you know, recognition and some reward out there, I think, in the consumer marketplace. I think in, in B2B, you know, that can be there too. Um, but it, it, you've got to really appreciate um, the entire market and how you're going to consider uh, them in your plans uh, and how you're going to communicate with those people that are at you know, different places. I'm kind of, uh, I have two minds here. I mean, on the one hand, it's a bit of a, you know, it could be a bit of a prescription for more of being a bit more conservative. And, you, know, you just uh, use the Apple example as a great way of, uh, uh, of describing that. Uh, also led by a visionary leader uh, for, for a very long time, even though, but, but, but uh, I think maybe some of it as a marketer, because, I mean, if you find yourself uh, heading up marketing for Interface, being part of that organization, um, you could try to throttle Ray. You could try to decrease his vision. My guess is you'd probably be escorted to the door quite quickly. And so maybe the wisdom here as the marketer is actually based upon this experience is to understand if you're going to be out there and you're going to be making the market, you're at that level where you're really pushing then you need to just kind of almost come to terms with the fact that you're going to leave some people behind. 
and you're going to leave behind some market opportunity and and you're doing that probably in service of a payout that's further down the road yeah and just to, just to clarify here it's certainly number one on the ray comment yes if you are not on board with the the sustainability and the vision and the mission uh at interface to to change the world lead the world to a, a sustainable future you definitely had no business being there and that was pretty clear and you know and, and that led to some people leaving the organization and honestly good riddance i'd rather have you know the right people on the bus than necessarily the person with the right degree or the right you know background or the experience um there's nothing that you know good passionate people who all are working together can't do that's wonderful um i would just say number one you want to be provocative when you're creating your marketing and your story it can't be vanilla so having you know bold vision uh, that is really kind of leading, you know, the market, you know, in the direction that you, you think your customers are, are, are trying to go or that you want to take customers going. Absolutely critical. So I don't I am you're never going to see me advocate for vanilla conservative you know marketing i'm always going to be like you want something that's going to make someone take a double take that's going to giggle that's going to be like hmm that's deep that's cool but just an appreciation below that that not everyone is willing to jump off that ledge with you right now and really making sure that the content that you have behind that that ad or that thing that brings them in speaks in their language uh, you know, again, you know, just one example I'll give with Interface is, you know, for a very, very long time, you know, we at Interface resisted a market leading sustainability certification because there were issues with it. You know, it did not meet the level and standard that, you know, we felt it it needed to meet. And we did that for a number of different certifications. But many, many, many other companies and, and organizations around the world adopted those certifications and they were a simple way for customers to look at a, a box or a binder or a sample and say oh they're doing something good that's more sustainable than this because they have it and they check that box and we resisted it forever and that didn't help you know that's <laughs> that's 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 not good i mean we were far and beyond superior to those certifications just get the darn label man <laughs> just just participate <laughs> if that's what your customers want fine give it to them and keep pushing beyond show them what else it can be but don't turn your nose up at that and and i think that's something that you know marketers have to appreciate is is map the market understand where they are what they care about and you know sometimes you do have to you know make some sacrifices you know along the way it's okay but that's that's i mean i tell you that's that's one thing that led to these competitors you know gaining a lot of street cred for work that they didn't do um, just because they were willing to adopt a standard that customers wanted to adopt. That's a really fantastic story about getting out of your own way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and what a, you know, it's, a, it's nice to leave the uh, storytelling podcast uh, on the note of a good story. So, <laughs> uh, Gerson, I'm going to uh, leave it there. It's been an okay. absolute delight to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your experience with us. This has been great. Uh, it's my pleasure, guys. Hopefully you guys had value in it. I certainly enjoyed it. And if there's any way I can help in the future, let me know. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. 
Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.